0: Last part of session 81 of the law of one today. Let's just take a trip into the vastness of the cosmos. Let's begin our voyage. Like I said, today, we're going to take a trip into the cosmos because I feel like for the first time in a while, we are going to be touching on topics that talks about the beauty of this aware universe and what we actually enjoy, Um, at least if you're a, um, a person like me who likes a lot the recognition and validation that there is a cosmos out there that harbors all kinds of lives. And it's actually the, um, the many possibilities that consciousness has. So we're going to take a trip into that uh, by investigating a little bit from the lens of Ra what is the aliveness of the universe. So again, so far we have been talking in other sessions about psychic attacks and archetypical mind a lot and other topics that are related to this metaphysical world. But Somehow the conversation that we're gonna get into today is going to be on this life that exists in in the universe and how it has been shaping uh, through together, actually simultaneously. Let me not try to explain what it's unexplainable in the introduction and just say that let's enjoy this trip with Rob. I have my green tea, I have my zero shirt, and I'm going to read some of the questions that I cover already because it's going to get us in the mood for the conversation. So I'm just going to read it from... Um, uh superficially and then we're gonna get into the new questions that we have today so i'm going to backtrack to question 19 where don changed topics and said well we presently find ourselves in the milky way galaxy of some 200 or so million correction 200 or so billion stars and there are millions and millions of these large galaxies spread out through what we call space to Ra's knowledge, I assume the number of these galaxies is infinite. Is this correct? Ross says, this is precisely correct, and is a significant point. Don follows up cleverly and says, the point being that we have unity. Is that correct? And Ross says, hmm, you are perceptive. Now, I said I was just going to read them superficially, but let me just comment then. Uh... We're talking about, just within the law of one model, uh, we're talking about a universe that is infinite because consciousness is infinite and it can can experience itself in infinite ways. Uh, But it's experiencing itself gradually through different um, layers or structures, which we call the archetypical mind. and That's what's going to kind of get mixed here in the conversation, so keep that in mind. Because what I want you to visualize is that yes there is a universe that universe simply represents the infinity of possibilities and those possibilities being manifested because consciousness can you see Uh, but to have a structure as far as i understand it to have a structure it decides to experience itself in certain ways and that's the the whole distribution that we have been talking about the archetypical mind Keywords to keep in mind as well here are octave, which we're going to talk about. The octave is simply the different layers of densities that exist for the mind to uh, manifest and experience itself. When I say the mind, I mean the cosmic mind or God's mind. And then there are galaxies okay every galaxy everything is within one octave the whole universe is within one octave but this octave is experienced differently on each galaxy and then subtly but significantly uh, different in each star or sun and of course then on each planet because that's the distribution of uh, universe galaxy star planet and planet includes of course us the uh, experiencing mind body spirit complex that's the that is the we are the pinnacle of creation basically if you want to see it this way so keep those in mind and let's continue this voyage (laughs) i'm so excited to talk about this in question 21 run uh run it's been a while since i since I said Ron. (laughs) Hello, Ron. (laughs) Then what portion of these galaxies is Ra aware of, said Don. Has Ra experienced consciousness in many other of these galaxies? Ra says, no. Don says, does Ra have any experience or knowledge of travel or travel to in one form or another, any of these other galaxies? Ra says, yes says, just, it's unimportant, but just roughly how many other the, of these galaxies has Ra, shall we say, traveled to? And Ra says, we have opened our hearts in radiation of love to the entire creation. Approximately 90% of the creation is, at some level, aware of the sending and able to reply. All of the infinite Logoi are one in the consciousness of love this is the type of contact which we enjoy rather than travel so i talked about this in the last video and this is where i i left it and i'm only going to um, highlight that ra is in a position to experience the creation as a um, I think i would call it just passive radiation of love and uh reception of this communication like how this love is received i don't know i i I don't think this can be explained in details (laughs) because that would be like explaining all right tell me how you listen to things and you say well i just listen to them my ear allows me to listen to things how do you see things? Well, I, my eye allows me to see things. So it, <clears throat> it's a matter of perception, how you perceive things in sixth density. And so um, I, I guess if I can follow this, this uh, analogy that I'm using for perceptions in other densities, um, try to imagine that you sit at the beach or and uh, I don't know, in nature where we have this symphony of, of sounds that are coming out of different portions of the the creation and you 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 are perceiving the sights or the sounds and you don't have to go to these places you don't have to go to the wave you don't have to get inside the wave you know to to enjoy it you see and if I can add a little bit of an element here, is that although it's not perceivable for us, the wave is enjoying the fact that you're listening to it or the bird singing or anything else for that matter because it's the same consciousness, you see? So uh, in the same way, I suppose that if we can enjoy that, then Ra can enjoy similarly, just similarly I'm saying, this radiation of love and uh, they say that they're able to reply right 90 percent of the creation is at some level aware of the sending and able to reply so that's just my um my idea of how this this is done so instead of traveling to the place instead of going close to the bird and see how it sings you know forgive me for the crude analogy you just sit there and enjoy it and love what you're listening to and you know that's just how how we enjoy the creation just as passive observers and loving everything that that is perceived by our senses so all right this is going to lead us into the fresh material that we have for today Question 24, Don says, so that I can just get a little idea of what I'm talking about, what are the limits of Ross travel in the sense of directly experiencing or seeing the activities or various, of various places? Is it solely within this galaxy? And if so, how much of this galaxy? Or does it include some other galaxies? Ross says, although it would be possible for us to move at will throughout the creation within this logos, that is to say, the Milky Way galaxy, so called, we have moved where we were called to be to service. These locations being, shall we say, local and including Alpha Centauri, planets of your solar system, which you call the Sun, Cepheus, and Zeta Reticuli. To these sublogoi we have come, having been called. Okay, so <clears throat> if you paid attention at the beginning of this video, if you're on YouTube, you might have noticed that the music playing in the background is this beautiful, beautiful track called Towers of Zeta. Zeta? Zeta. <laughs> I have sometimes issues pronouncing that word. Seta seta reticuli Uh, or actually should be reticuli in latin seta reticuli um this is from of course my good friend brother and uh cosmic companion actually colby from dreamstay logic yeah, if you like space ambient and this is what you listen to in the background always, that's the reason why I chose this type of music to be played as the background of the Law of One material as I interpret it, you should go check out his contents. Links are always, always in the description. So go check it out. So Towers of Zeta is the music that we're listening to. Okay, so back to raw ross Ra says um and this is about travel yes um i think this is travel just travel is it um, yeah ross travel directly experiencing or seeing so Okay, Ra is talking about the Milky Way galaxy. They have, um, this is I think this is an important point because they say, although it would be possible for us to move at will throughout the creation within this Logos, meaning that they can uh, actually physically move, it seems, um, throughout the creation within this Logos. that is to say the Milky Way galaxy, they can move. We have moved where we were called to service. So they have moved, they have gone to where they, they were called to service. But these locations being only Alpha Centauri, which is very close to us, planets of our solar system, which is the Sun, Cepheus, and Sator Reticuli Um, and to those they have gone so locally actually they have only moved locally to these uh, to these places so that's pretty interesting now we're going to get more context on this because this is just about travel and we know some of these stars systems but yeah let's um, Let's find out more of what they meant to say at this point um, in terms of travel. Question 25, Don says, was the call in each instance from the third density beings or was this call from additional or other densities? Pretty good question, actually. Ross says, in general, the latter supposition is correct. In the particular case of the sun sublogos, third density is the density of calling. So going back to the previous question where they said they have been, they have moved these star systems or solar systems, which of course includes the sun, our local star, um, and of course our father star, shall we say. In fact, I would even say who we truly are. (laughs) The basis of ourselves. Uh, that's the sun uh, can i can i get away with just uh, reminding you that within this model and actually within the model of consciousness only but within this model we can enjoy the fact that the sun is really what we are like that intensity of light that we see is just pure undifferentiated light that is who we are um, as you move closer to consciousness what you're getting close to is the source of the Sun. There's so much we can talk about here, Uh, perhaps not in practical terms, but just in philosophical and poetic uh, views of what we are. But I sometimes entertain the idea. It's not even an idea. I entertain the fact that what we are is the Sun or the Sun is the closest thing that we have to pure consciousness and that's how it's that's how it is that's how it manifests and in fact it's the whole the whole planet is made out of sun we don't we don't have to be philosophical here either science explains them every planet actually was created of the accretion disk of the sun so (laughs) even from science we know that the planet is made out of sun uh parts and if we can use the the part system or the the matter system, the particles system. In any case, that's just what it is. All right, so Cepheus and Zeta Reticuli are are also stars where they have gone. Also Alpha Centauri. I don't know how far they are. I should have done my research before, but... um, yeah i don't know is said uh sata reticuli i don't know how far they are but they seem local so the question that don posted posted post before was that if this is from third density or other densities and ross said that it was third density basically uh before uh not before Third density is the density of calling, (coughs) Uh, mostly, right? That's why they say the latter supposition is correct. But in particular, the Sun sublogos. Third density is the density of calling. Why? Well, planet Earth, third density. Mars, third density. And Maldic, third density. So I would even venture to say that even in Venus, They were called at some point, maybe, I don't know how many times third density has flourished there, but they were part of the first harvest, I want to say, the first major cycle. I forget that. But yeah, we have we have the um, third density in the sun at least repeated over these four planets, right? Maldek, Mars, Earth and Venus. So yeah, that's where their call. Um, I think the, the majority of the call is usually from third density because that's where confusion arises and where more service is required. So that makes sense. Now, Don is going to ask in question 26, Ra then has not moved at any time into one of the major, one of the other major galaxies. Is this correct? Ra says, this is correct. So they haven't moved to another galaxy. They haven't been to another galaxy. <coughs> Question 27, Don says, does Ra have knowledge of, say, any other major major galaxy of the consciousness or the consciousness or any anything in that galaxy? Does Ra have knowledge of any other major galaxy or the consciousness or anything in that galaxy. Ross says, "We assume you're speaking of the possibility of knowledge of other major galaxies. There are wanderers from other major galaxies drawn to the specific needs of a single call. There are those among our social memory complex which have become wanderers in other major galaxies." So we're talking about the wandering of a social memory complex in the milky way galaxy particularly Ra, to another major galaxy right we're talking about the reason why they call it major galaxies is because in the past don has had issues with the term galaxy because Ra sees any solar system as a galaxy that is a logos with its creation around it I would even dare to say that an atom, for example, is a galaxy because it has the same pattern. So because they see things the way they do, they confuse it and call our sun a galaxy. It's a holographic um, iteration of the same thing anyway, right? So that's why they call it major galaxies. We're talking about what we call galaxies in our system of astrophysics. So Ra says, we assume you're speaking of the possibility of knowledge of other major galaxies. And um, see, it's a little confusing, which I think gets clarified. And if not, I'll talk about it, but I think it does. Because um, Don said first, Ra has not moved at any time into one of the other major galaxies and Ra says this is correct, meaning that they haven't traveled to another galaxy, Andromeda or NG57 or whatever the numbers are. I don't I don't remember them. Uh, we're talking about local ones because there are so many others that we have. Why Why should we name him? <laughs> uh, we chart them just for for fun. But yeah, any other galaxy, and Ra hasn't traveled there, but Don says, do you have knowledge of any other major galaxy or the consciousness or anything in that galaxy? Meaning that, do you know that they have consciousness? Do you know that they have uh, third density? Do you know anything about these galaxies? And Ra says, we assume you are speaking of the possibility of knowledge of other major galaxies. So yeah, let's talk about the knowledge that is there. Now Ra explains that there are wanderers from other major galaxies drawn to the specific needs of a single call now are they saying that there are wanderers from other major galaxies that are are being called here or the other way around see because if they are wanderers from other major galaxies and they're drawn to a specific needs of a single call um, then i think that's what they're referring to here Wanderers that, from other galaxies that come here. Then Ross says there are those among our social memory complex which have become Wanderers in other major galaxies. So I think they're referencing the fact that there are Wanderers from other galaxies to here and from here to other galaxies. So Ross says to finish this answer, Thus, there has been knowledge of other major galaxies, for, one, for to one whose personality or mind-body-spirit complex has been crystallized, the universe is one place, and there is no bar upon travel. However, our interpretation of your query was a query concerning the social memory complex traveling to another major galaxy. We have not done this, nor do we contemplate it, for we can reach in love with our hearts." So again, they emphasize that there is no need for travel. Um, it seems just like maybe, maybe in my analogy of you just sitting there at the beach or a forest or jungle or whatever you live in nature and appreciating the sounds. Even in the city, you can sit down and appreciate the noise of human made um, artifacts and um, vehicles and the noise of people and so on like that's all part of nature um, and so you just sit there you don't have to go to the specific place where it is it's being generated but they do express a couple of other things which are knowledge of other major galaxies um there has been knowledge of other major galaxies. And this is a, an important point. To that mind-body-spirit complex that has been crystallized, the universe is just one place. There is no bar upon travel. I find this curiously related to uh, non-dual teachings where the, the person, or the mind-body-spirit complex that is crystallized by right? a a person who has um, become one with its environment there is no need to to move to any other place to to be in certain places to do things but rather to enjoy that which is at the moment and there is no Perception of distance in the sense that things are separated from me. Everything is around me as it should be, actually. And the enjoyment, that which Ross says at the end, that enjoyment of simply becoming aware of what is in in the universe, that's just different... Um, It's a different consciousness from which you can enjoy the universe, the creation. So they do say our interpretation of your query was a query concerning the social memory complex traveling to another major galaxy, which they haven't, and they don't contemplate it either. They it seems unnecessary. So again, I go back to this uh, feeling of enjoyment with what is not uh, feeling the need to go and do things or um, travel to certain places Which again it's not nothing against wanting to travel in human form i'm just saying that it's it's curiously related to the mystic who simply decides to finds that bliss in opening their hearts to whatever it is that is around them, uh, and offering that love. It's not just opening the heart for receptivity, but also to offer it, which is the uh, the combination or the use of the green and blue energy centers. You see. So, yeah, that's uh, that's how I see it, and. It's it, To me, it's so interesting that Sixth Density, or at least Ra, talks about these things in a very non-dual uh, view, because, of course, what are we talking about? Sixth Density is the density of no polarities, of no uh, division, no separation, no positive and negatives. It just simply is, and the appreciation of what is, is in line with Sixth Density or the indigo ray, which is the analog of our experience as human beings. And that's why I see the parallel between uh, mystics and Ross' perspective of the creation and their desire to be involved. They're just happy to be involved in open-heartedness and radiation of love as as, as they are. And also to assist in the calling which is another thing that the mystic does which is to assist others that do the calling you see so it's um it's a different difference there's a difference between wanting to give information have an agenda you know wanting to reform the population <laughs> or teach people who are ignorant and just simply sitting there, awaiting for somebody to ask you a question, which I think is uh, a lot more noble. I appreciate that a lot more. So, in any case, uh, this is this is the state of Ra, in terms of travel and the openness that they have to the creation for uh, for enjoyment of what is. Um, I think there's much more to speculate here but i won't let's move on question 28 don gives a rather uh, long question an explanation or explanation of his question Um, and bear in mind that ron is going to say that this is correct so don says thank you in this line of questioning i am trying to establish a basis for understanding the foundation for not only the experience that we have now, but how the experience was formed and, and how it is related to all the rest of the experience through the portion of the octave as we understand it. I am assuming then that all of these galaxies, millions, infinite number of galaxies, which we can just begin to become aware of with our telescopes, they are all of the same octave. this correct and of course the answer is that it is correct now again don gives a long explanation which i don't really care for um because there's not there's not much to say there other than he wants to know um in essence he wants to understand more the the process of of this creation and this is basically pre-veil, post type of uh, conversation. And yeah, so uh, the important part is that we, we gather from Ra's affirmation of this, um, of this question, that first of all, there is an infinite number of galaxies that makes sense we have only been able to map the observable universe because our instruments have limitations and to the extent of those limitations we have seen things and we will continue to see more things as we expand um, the capabilities of uh, perception but it looks like we have a limit and that is light. You see, light has a, of course, a limitation, which is the speed in which it travels through a vacuum or space. We know it's not a vacuum, but uh, we have no other, no, nothing else to measure except consciousness. You see, consciousness is not limited. That's the difference between the astrophysicist and uh, the mystic. Because in physics we have limitations of measurement, because measurement is of space and time. But consciousness is not of space and time. Consciousness precedes and actually is the creator of space and time. So, due to the limitations of our sense perceptions, we won't be able to see the infinity of the creation, except through consciousness. So the invitation, once again, goes back into yourself, because what is consciousness? Is that the mind? No, the mind is also part of time and space. We call it time-space. However, through the mind, we, in other words, mind is our ship, let's put it that way. Consciousness is our speed of travel. (laughs) Uh, That's beautiful. You see, you can see consciousness as the space and... um, Yeah, which is instantaneous. (laughs) Consciousness is what contains everything. So you can use your mind to explore the infinity of the possibilities out there. Um, There is definitely something... Within ourselves, that we can uh, we can explore, and it has to do with the rest of the creation. Anything we can imagine is already part of the creation. To my understanding, again, let me just throw the disclaimer that this is just my own experience and interpretation of um, of what I I can possibly fathom here is that. Our minds are the vehicle in which we can explore through consciousness that which is. If it has existence in my mind, it has existence in the universe, because my mind is not separate from the universe. I hope you can begin to see the power of our own consciousness and our capacity for imagination. Imagination has always been... um, looked down by uh, the thinking mind the intellectual mind by saying oh that's just your imagination that's not real that's not measurable and so on but that is believe it or not the source of all creation in fact everything that we have right now is because we have imagined at some point so through imagination we create within the limitations of our own planet and our system of Um, energy but that's the same source for imagination of everything else so even though we cannot manifest it here and create it we can experience it and that is important so again i want you to see galaxies not as a place in which we can travel to which has been always the Uh, The yearning and the dilemma. You see, there's something very beautiful here that I want you to appreciate if you can, please. Take a moment to realize that the thinking mind, the intellectual mind, has a yearning for the stars, has a yearning for travel. And it wants to go to Mars. (laughs) The human uh, race wants to go to Mars and it dreams to go to Titan and uh, Europa and other uh, heavenly uh or heaven heavenly bodies, is that is that right? Um yeah planets. Let's just call it call it planets because even though they're they are satellites or moons, they they're round, you know, and they, they're appealing to us. So we want to go and this is all within the solar system. We have We have had dreams, again, the intellectual mind has had dreams of being a space-faring race, traveling to other galaxies and stars and so on. So there's a yearning there, but it's not possible with third-density material in terms of physical travel. You see, it's, it's not that it's impossible, but it's very clumsy. Ra has talked about this in other sessions it's been a while since they talked about this but there were sessions where they talked about travel I think this was around 53 session 50 something and they talked about this travel maybe even in sessions 40s they they touched on this when they were talking about the, the slingshot effect and this type of physical travel and they said the third density is they didn't say it this way but I'll say it this way they're kind of clumsy in that they need to go into cryo uh, stasis and that sort of thing to travel to another star. So it's um, uh, it's inefficient, let's put it that way. But to those mind-body-spirit complexes, what did Ra say here? It, 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 here's another thing. I want to emphasize that Ra in question 27, they said to one whose personality or mind-body-spirit complex, remember, the complex is part of third density, so they're talking about third density, has been crystallized, the universe is one place, and there is no bar upon travel. Let me just rephrase what I said, um, because it's not exclusively of third density, but to me, when they say mind-body-spirit complex, they're talking about third density, but I don't don't wanna release it from its constrictions and say that it's not only third density, but any other density, of course. Um, So the key thing is, to one whose personality has been crystallized, the universe is one place and there is no bar upon travel. This is the reported mystics' um, visions of other places and uh, astral travel perhaps and all these things and so you know there is there's a lot to explore definitely within consciousness and that is the privilege of the individual and their own interest and their whole uh, mental configuration i would say so yeah the universe is is within us and it is perceived outside but it's it's very it's very awkward to travel um Okay, what else did they say, or did Don say here? Which we can just begin to become aware of with our telescopes. Okay, so everything is within the octave. Okay, that's the last thing I'll mention, because that's one of the key terms that I told you to keep in mind. So everything is contained within the one octave. Yes, okay. So the octave is all the seven densities that exist in in creation. Alright, so let's move to another question. Question 29. Again, bear in mind that this is correct, Ra is going to say. So Don says, I was wondering if, in that some of the Wanderers from Ra going to the other major galaxies, that is, leaving this system of 200 plus billion stars of lenticular shape and going to another cluster of billions of stars and finding their way to some planetary situation there, would any of these wanderers encounter the dual polarity that we have here, both the service to self and the service to others polarity?" And again, Ra says, this is correct. So this question, I'm just gonna uh, pack it up into saying that everywhere there is third density and everywhere there is dual polarity um, as here. So in essence, third density has duality and the type of service to others and service to self-polarity, which is the ethical polarity of beingness. um, That's the one that Don is talking about. And it is correct that they exist. This is all because of the veil. The veil is not an experiment in the sun. The Veil is not an experiment of this galaxy. The Veil is an experiment of the Octave of Creation. So every single galaxy, infinite in numbers, have the Veil. I'm going to make this a little bit more digestible in a minute. So keep that in mind that everything has every third density. I know it sounds baffling, but (laughs) just keep it in mind. We have all kinds of experiences in third density across the universe don says question 30 now you stated earlier that toward the center of this galaxy i believe in what to use a poor term you would call the older portion you would find no service to self polarization but that this was a what you might call a later experience am i correct in assuming that this is true of the other galaxies with which wanderers from Ra have experienced, that at the center of these galaxies, only the service to others polarity existed, and the experiment started farther out toward the rim of the galaxy. Ra says various Logoi and sublogoi had various methods of arriving at the discovery of the efficiency of free will in intensifying the experience of the Creator by the Creator. However, in each case, This has been a pattern. (sighs) Let me just say that I would like to spend a lot of time in this answer, but I won't. So I could. (laughs) Oh My God. I wish this what I'm doing could be done in a sort of seminar so people can ask questions and we can we can enjoy this conversation, as opposed to being just one-sided from my from my side and from yours as well. This is just beautiful. So, okay, what do we have? Let me do my best um, at at imagining what you might be asking at this point, and if not, just putting things in your field of visualization. So, what do we have? We are taking each galaxy, right? as an example, and saying that all of them had no veil, okay, in their development. And that's why Don is kind of uh, struggling a little bit with, with words by saying that uh, it is a poor term to call it, um, you know, this this spreading, um, meaning that there was a gradual process because everything has happened simultaneously. And I'll do my best to compact this into um, a full interpretation but in essence Don is asking at the beginning right that's what he doesn't like much the, the time the time frame but the experience of the Creator was without veil and suddenly it created the veil right but this this experience at the center of the galaxy was the beginning stages. So there was there is a process of um, movement of the creator experience. Let me put it this way. And again, please just keep this as an example of how I visualize things. The center of the galaxy has the, the oldest experiences. Okay, so the octave has been moving through the densities there without veil. So third density, it seems like it's no longer possible towards the center of the galaxy. And so all we have is the mind-body spirits that existed in the center of the galaxy or close to and around the center of the galaxy, of course, moving through the densities. Some of them have already ended their uh, their journey, and they have become one with the creator, meaning that all that experience has been absorbed by the creator, and no, no more experience through those mind-body spirits were possible. At some point, the veil was perceived. Now, the veil created this mind-body-spirit complex, which is what we experience right now. We experience this human form in this planet, but the, the characteristic of the human form is that we, we don't know that we know. <laughs> it's that simple. We are not aware that we are aware. We take that for granted. And so we believe more in the perceptions of separation. So consciousness at the basis of reality is ignored. And so we prefer to see particles or separation as the basis of reality. This is due to the veil, you see? And so as we uh, experience this, this is actually new for the Creator and this didn't happen at the center of the galaxy. It seems to be happening more towards the rims of the galaxy or outer uh, arms of the spiral of the galaxy, you see? And certainly, the sun is out the outer edges of the galaxy. So that's where um, where Don is going to. That there is a later experience that had the veil, um, and Don particularly says, "If this is uh, this is true of other galaxies in which Wanderers of Ra have experienced, meaning that you have gone to other galaxies, did this happen?" What was it that happened that at the center of these galaxies only the service to others polarity existed which i wouldn't call it service to others it's just service to the one <laughs> i'm not going to call it service to self or service to others service to the one everybody knew oneness so that's what it, what was at the center of the galaxies right service to one existed and the experiment started farther out toward the rim of the galaxy so we know this happened here on this galaxy. Did it happen in other galaxies? has various Logoi and Sublogoi had various methods of arriving at the discovery. Okay, what was this discovery? We'll get to that, but first pause, not only different Logoi, which are galaxies, but Sublogoi, they had various methods of arriving at the, this, this discovery that they wanted to intensify the experience of the Creator. Now, what was it that they discovered? The efficiency of free will in intensifying the experience of the Creator by the Creator. Let's go portion by portion. The discovery of the efficient of free will, okay, in intensifying, free will is this extension that was granted to the mind-body-spirit complex, as it was veiled, because now the mind-body-spirit can become uh, autonomous, if you will. It has its own um, direction of free will, and it's not guided by. Um, it's left alone. You see, it is um, it leaves the the father, you know, the prodigous son. That's what it means. It leaves the father in search for itself. But the father is itself. You see, it's not a father and a son. They're one. Uh, I and the father are one. You see? So many, so many things (laughs) that are related to this, but you can begin to see it. So that is the efficiency of free will intensifying now Did I just say I and the Father are one? Well, this is what Ross says, intensifying the experience of the Creator, the Son, by the Creator, the Father. So, one and the same. Of the Creator, by the Creator. In each case, this has been a pattern. Now, um, I'm going to expand this a little bit more into our... Practical awareness. When you realize that you are consciousness and that everything that you are experiencing, you are creating within your mind, okay? This is not about the power of consciousness, manifesting worlds and so on. Go to your experience and notice that everything, everything that you know is contained within your mind. In other words, you are creating it. And every change, every transformation that your mind has transforms the way you look at the world and the universe. So you have the power to change, in essence, everything. People confuse this with saying, "Oh, I have the power to change countries and to change the planet." That's the service to self path, which is quite inefficient, I might say, which is using the using perception to change the world, using uh, matter and bodies to change the world. No. When you realize that you are the projector, you stop trying to rearrange the pixels (laughs) because the pixels are, in essence, your creation. So might as well just change what is projected on those pixels and the image changes because you are the projector. Consciousness is the light. And so, by you noticing this, right? I am the creator. Everything is contained within you. There is nothing else that you can see and say, that's outside of me. People, stars, uh, events, past, future, um, anything that your mind creates is within you. So it is you who's creating everything. Um, this conversation can go into a long tangent in terms of Um, How do I do this? How how do I become aware? And why is it that I don't have total um, control? Very poor word to use here, but yeah, total control over everything. Well, the answer to all of that is the veil. So what we need to do is penetrate the veil. How do we do that? Well, that's going into knowing yourself. If you know yourself and you get in touch with who you are, consciousness, you start tapping into intelligent infinity, and that starts to change your world without effort. Let me emphasize that. Contact with intelligent infinity, realizing who you are and being in touch with that, starts to change your world without effort, meaning that you don't have to think about it, it just happens. And the result of those changes are always more blissful experiences and a more blissful state of being. Let me say that. So I took you to the whole trick of not having at the center of the galaxy um, free will in the sense of there's always free will in the whole creation, but extended free will, which is I am uh, my own, my own creation. See, becoming a total sub logos, or sub sub logos. Then through the veil we create this, and now is is a different intense experience because we're lost in this, uh, in this view, of separation. And through separation, we go back to oneness. So, oh, so much we can say here, but I wanted to bring it to that experience which we can have right now and that touching with who we are, this is what the essence of meditation is, just getting in touch with this consciousness, this awareness that we are pure, simple, unadulterated, imperturbable awareness. But all right, let me keep making a concession to time and move on. (laughs) Question 31, Don says, You mean, then, that the pattern is that the service to self-polarization appeared farther out from the center of the galactic spiral. Ross says, this is correct, and I just talked about that. Question 32, Don says, from this, I will assume that at the beginning of the octave, we had the core with many galactic spirals forming. And I know this is incorrect in the sense of timelessness, but As the spiral form, then I am assuming that, in this particular octave, the experiment then must have started somewhat roughly simultaneously in many, many of the budding or building galactic systems by the experiment of the veiling in extending the free will. Am I in any way correct with this assumption? And this is precisely correct, says Ra. This instrument is unusually fragile, and at this space-time, and has used much of the transfer energy. We would invite one more full query for this working. So let me confess that I got ahead of myself in my whole explanation. <laughs> and this is everything I had said before. So if you read Don's question again, you will see that um, that's what, in essence, I said before with the process. See, there are key things that I'll repeat here. Um the beginning at the beginning of the octave we have the core right of the galaxy and that was just service to one to the one okay and don acknowledges and says i know this isn't correct in the sense of timelessness but as, as the spiral formed around right that's the spiral starts coming out because the galactic center is rotating And so, more stars are being born out of this movement and this... um, Yeah, this, let's just call it uh, travel of the galactic core. And so, the spiral arms start to form. In this particular octave, uh, must have started somewhat roughly simultaneously in many of the budding or building galactic systems by the experiment of the veiling and extending the free will. So as these galactic arms formed, then the veiling in, uh, was conceived. And so it was placed for all third density life forms. And this happened not only in the galaxy, but every other galaxy. And so that is correct. We, I explained this already, so I won't go into many more details there. Let's go to the final question. Don says question 33. Actually, I don't have much more on this except to make the assumption that there must be, there must have been some type of communication throughout the octave so that when the first experiment became effective, the knowledge of this then spread rapidly through the octave and was picked up by other budding galactic spirals, you might say. Is this correct? Oh, I'm going to I'm going to dive deep into this. Ra says, this is correct. To be aware of the nature of this communication is to be aware of the nature of the logos. Much of what you call creation has never been separated from the one logos of this octave and resides within the one infinite creator. Communication in such an environment is the communication of cells of the body. That which is learned by one is known to all. The Sublogoi, then, have been in the position of refining the discoveries of what might be called the earlier Sublogoi. May we ask if we may answer any brief queries at this working. Now, to finish this voyage, let's go back to oneness and simultaneity. Don is, in essence, asking if, you know, when this experiment of the Veil Happened, then other stars and galaxies picked it up and said, in essence, this is. I'm going to um, just dramatize <laughs> or caricaturize the the thought process of Don. At some point in some galaxy, the veil was implemented, and it's so and that there was. It was seen that there was efficiency by, you know, we're thinking about entities that implemented the veil logo or whatever you want to call them, right? That's that's our thinking. Human thinking always uh, relates to what they know. And what we know is separation and people and entities and experimentation. And all these words create this idea in us that there is. There are beings in seven density who are experimenting with us. And you have heard this. If you're in this channel, you must have at some point heard this. Uh, narrative that there are ETs experimenting on us, okay? Um, I don't know if you believe in these kind of things. I did believe in these things at the beginning of my journey when I started to, when I finally opened myself to say, okay, it is true, and some people have been talking about this for a while. And uh, the, the narratives became so wild to me that I said, okay, this... This is just something that I, I I don't wish to get into. It seems more fantasy than real, and I I won't mention any names, but you can uh, imagine many of them. But I started to see that what I initially thought to be as wow real stories of people, you know, um, experiencing these cosmic travels and being in these places and other planets and other galaxies and so on. Uh, and some of them becoming very popular. Um, over time, as I got more into consciousness, they started to see more like mythology and fantasies. The mytho- mythological fantasy of one's one person's creation, which again, is it's nothing against it, but it just seems like it's not applicable to everybody you know and these um these entities um speaking of especially one that i think i i can definitely talk about which i think has done a sort of disservice to this community which is the blue avian type of thing Um, there's something to it that i just don't seem to, to relate to anymore at the beginning. Like I said, I was fascinated with the possibility that these these were real things. And it just seems like another interpretation, but not the real essence of what we're talking about here. You see, so many of these stories became just uh, just that, stories, and I, I forgot about them. As I realized that at the core of all of this, is consciousness and awareness is the only entity that exists so why would i bother talking about and delving deep into all the historical facts and what they did in other planets and all these things they just seem like um a an epic fantasy story right and yeah you can indulge into that but i don't know to base your 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 state of being on that, as so many people talk about, like I don't know, they are giving us information and so on. I don't know. I I, I honestly don't want to discourage this um, this investigation into all this, but I just want to express that it it didn't really uh, click with me anymore. And why? Because I I started to enjoy more this one consciousness and there's something that i can't really explain how it happened but it just it became more of a peaceful uh, lifestyle now in contrast i have seen that the people who are involved in these um um in these topics blue avians and so on they became very conflicted and so I said, no, that's not my life. I I don't want to be in that conflict as to, you know, what a certain gal- galactic confederation is planning to do with the planet and uh, what their ideas and agendas are for us in contrast with the negative ones, which is the draconic, whatever, reptilians and so on, Draco reptilians. Like, all of this became dissolved in my own experience as... There's only one consciousness, and it's playing both. So, and it's me. (laughs) It's not even a consciousness that is away from me. It's me. I'm playing all of this. And they are doing it too. But we're focusing only on the duality of it. And that's where we create stories. So, I leave the stories for for enjoyment and for fascination, but not as the basis of my reality. I'll say it that way. Now... um, What I was getting to with this was that um, there are no entities who implemented the veil. They didn't experiment on us and every other entity on on the universe. (laughs) You see, there was a discernment in intelligent infinity, the one that is in motion, the Logos, right? The one Logos within Everything that was experiencing, imagine the one Logos experiencing every galactic system, all the stars. This is just one big experience and it was very dull <laughs> it was boring. So it said, aha, I discern the veil. So onto every third density planet in the infinity of the universe, it implemented the veil. And so it experienced itself now through the multiplicity of Logoi that exists through the veil in third density. And that intensified the experience moving forward in third density, fourth density, fifth density, and even sixth density, because it impacted everything. So that is the type of communication that happened. You see, Don's perspective was a little bit kind of on the idea that, oh, one galaxy picked it up or did it, and then the other ones did, and so on. Or at least that's how it sounds. Um, But Ra emphasizes um, that, see, when they say, to be aware of the nature of this communication is to be aware of the nature of the logos. See, simultaneous. I think, uh, actually, Don used the word simultaneous, didn't he? No, Don is saying it must have been some type of communication throughout the octave so that when the first experiment became effective, the knowledge of this then spread rapidly. You see uh, the the error in thinking here or wording, actually. I'm not saying that Don didn't because he was pretty much aware of simultaneity, but I'm just picking on the word. so you can see that it doesn't spread. It's automatic. You see, it's not like it's it it's there is no communication. You see that that would mean to produce a, a relay of information. Rather, is immediate. Is an immediate realization of awareness, and awareness is present everywhere. Is the one awareness. So communication is immediate. Um, so it didn't spread. But Don is inquiring into this. You know. Um, and that it was picked up immediately after, um, after this discernment by every other galaxy or logos. And Ross says, yes, to be aware of this, the nature of this uh, communication is to be aware of the nature of the logos, because that is the nature of the logos, is pure awareness, you know? Let me put it this way, like I, I have said in the past, when you become aware of the sun and your hand, they happen simultaneously. You see they don't you don't first look at your hand and then the sun even though they're um, how many miles away or light seconds away i think it's like eight minutes or so Uh, eight minutes light right it's either eight or eight minutes or eight seconds no it has to be eight minutes or so something something like that so it's immediate um Then Ra says, much of what you call creation has never been separated, um, has never separated from the one logos of this octave, meaning the one infinite creator. Communication in such an environment is the communication of cells of the body. It's instant. That which is learned by one is known to all. So it's not that one cell learns it and then it uh, relays the information slowly, slowly to other cells. No, it's immediate. It happens in an instant. The sublogoi then have been in the position of refining the discoveries of what might be called the earlier sublogoi. So the subsequent logos or logoi have been refining the discoveries of the previous sublogoi, meaning that the ex- uh, this is the best example. You are you always been you. However, you are refining the experiences of your past. You see, you can call yourself as different people in the past, but that's not appropriate. And you can say that it has taken you time to be who you are. That's not true either. It's always been in the present. (laughs) You have always been yourself in the present. But you do refine that which has been experienced uh, prior, you see. So this whole thing about simultaneity is important to keep in mind to also maintain always present that there is only one awareness there is only one infinite creator and its nature is the present moment conclusions because i have i run out of questions for this session and this video of course (sighs) the joy of being and appreciating the creation. We talked about this as it's Ra's desire to enjoy their perceptions, their perception of the whole universe. They don't need to travel. They just enjoy what comes their way. Whatever they become aware of, they enjoy it. See, they don't have knowledge of the whole octave See, but they have knowledge of the experiences of the octave. I think it's what they said in this session, actually. So how does that translate to us? Well, you can say that Ra has a bigger, ample perception, but they still don't have perception of the whole universe. Likewise, we have perception, limited, but we have perception of Let's, let me put it this way. We do have perception of the whole universe, but we cannot be aware of the whole universe at once. That is why the creator manifests as you, because you have a limited perspective. And so it can enjoy, I'm going to say parts of the universe, but parts of its infinite self through you. And that is your current life so life is perfect as it is because it's being experienced by you not because it needs to be ordered this way or that way and this is why in mysticism we always find that there is no morality there is no one way to do things there is no uh, there are no rules or commandments or uh, things to live by but simply live and you are the judge of that you with your sense of being and... Um, your own sense of righteousness, you see, or morality or whatever it is, that's you. We don't have to pick it up from anybody else. And so resting in this, this is a long conversation, but resting in this knowledge that because nothing needs to be one way or the other, not only everything is perfect, but you are perfect the way you are. That is the sort of human... View that I that I ascribe to because it why it makes me and everybody else feel and everybody else around me feel accepted and loved and um, there is harmony in all of us. So I pick that up and I say, well, that seems like a good way to live your life, doesn't it? It makes me happy, makes others happy, and um, it creates this view of unity of acceptance of true inclusivity or inclusiveness you see so everything is fine everything is great Um, and it only requires that you rest in your own being that you stay within yourself and start discerning all those illusions or shadows of your mind, those ego-driven thoughts, thought patterns, actions, and so on, that always say we're not enough, we're lacking in something. But that happens automatically from the light of awareness, as I am wont on explaining and saying. So. Another invitation to the same same non-activity, which is just becoming aware of who you are and abiding there. So that's all I got. Um, I have a, a request again. For the past three years, it's been more than three years, I've been doing this uh, series of The Law of One, and I'm I love doing it, I will continue to do it, but I'll ask your support, which is as simple as Patreon. You can go to Patreon and find out in which way you can support this work that I'm doing. I still have another year or so to finish the raw material, but I'll continue to talk about this and merging this with non-duality as it is my desire. Um, You have a couple of perks in Patreon when you join, which is you get the law of one a week before it comes out on audio formats as a podcast, which is the same version. Uh, You also get Q&As and I am really, really desirous to see more activity there so we can do group uh, calls and we can get together and talk about these topics as well as how to integrate them in your life. I decided to live the law of one through this recognition of the self, which is what Ra recommends and I want to share this. The best thing that i find is conversation like i alluded in this video before um conversations are what really create this um, energy transfer that raw talks about right learn teaching and i don't find another way i wish i could do this more often but i want people i want an audience or groups that we can get together and have these questions and that's why i have the q a's in patreon And I'm very desirous, like I said, to start these group calls, but I need more people. Most people that are there right now, I appreciate it. I love them for their support, but they're not too active. And I just want to shake them up and say, let's get active, but again, we just need, as I also said in this video, questions to be asked. And I'll be more than happy to give my impression and give my synthesis within the law of one and non-duality. So again, check out Patreon. Go and see if you wanna join. Um, And if not, go to my Instagram and check also what I'm doing there. Maybe some other work that I'm doing may benefit you. Just if you want to get involved, in the description is where you can get all the links. My course is in there too, as I always say. And that's it. That's all for my personal ads on YouTube. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening as as always. And of course, if you're listening to this in every podcast platform, you will find us in the description of these episodes always the links that i mentioned here thank you have a great day a good night or whatever wherever or whatever you are doing just enjoy it we're done with session 81 i'll see you in session 82 first part